Oh my gosh! And just like that, it's what are, what are we at? Three years now. Three Happy years to the day. Happy anniversary. Oh my There's gosh, no guys, we did it! Song for Happy Anniversary, or you know, I'm no, there isn't. It. <laughs> is it is it like is there's like the paper anniversary oh, there's the gold anniversary i think they go in increments the, of like five or tens i don't know you know what is this the I, glitter anniversary do i, I just get to throw craft herpes at you like yeah, is maybe. this permanent <laughs> creatively permanent <laughs> hang on i'm looking it up what anniversary is three years it's oh, the gosh, leather man. anniversary oh 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 yeah Oh, fellas, leave the, the leather, room. Leather oh anniversary. My. Oh, wow. You, well, I got you some Sasquatch leather for our well, strap on. I mean, strap in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we have a show for you planned. We, we have do. brought our own guests. I brought producer Ian, my beloved. Aw. Aw. And, uh, and he's, he's, uh, he's been, you know, hanging out with me through the pandemic. He's been my trooper and everything. So mm-hmm. I figured I'd let him be part of this with me. And, yeah. uh, and who'd you bring with you, Sammy? I, I brought my younger brother, Joel. He's my best friend. I'm home visiting South Dakota, visiting my family, and he's with me. Hello, hello. Yay! So. Hi, Joel! Oh, my gosh. So we are all in the family today. You guys get all yes. of us. You get yes, so many people for the today. Last episode. And that, so. if you guys didn't hear from our last episode, this is going to be our little wrap-up. So no tears. No tears. Uh, at least for now. Just like, it's just not like the Johnson & Johnson shampoo, but not the vaccine. That one it's had not lots goodbye. of tears. It's just good day. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun on this show. This is Conspiracies and Cryptos with Sammy and Tessa. If you guys are just finding us now, I'm sorry. You have to go back three years, and you have so much content you to find. You have sixty plus hours worth of content to listen to us through. So. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> you have hours of entertainment, endless. Mm. Ask any of our fans. Uh, and we've also, uh, yeah, so you'll have to check out our, our social media. We will still be active on there. Yes. And um, But we're going to, before we actually get into our uh, um, our story here, because we do actually have one more topic for you guys that mm-hmm. we have planned out for you. We're, we have more listener stories to share. We do you want to share one, we, Sammy? Yeah, we do. We have a few more listener stories. We figured we'd... Uh, cover those and clean up our inbox so we didn't feel leave anybody feeling left out before we went on our little indefinite hiatus so uh so this first story comes from our dear friend and listener amber who uses she her pronouns so once again amber thank you for helping us normalize pronouns so amber says hey 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 here's a silly story to maybe add to the listener stories section well yes that's exactly where we're gonna add it that's what we would expect from amber (laughs) she says i have a few more about my husband's accounts but here's my story back when i was just out of high school i was a stupid young punk who started partying and being all crazy like i think that's kind of what everybody does I was going to say was. Come on, Amber. Be honest, girl. Well, that sort of stuff gets you kicked out of your house real fast in my family, and I found myself temporarily living with my best friend and her mom until I cleaned up my act. Sleeping on her futon in her living room, I started hearing what sounded like a crackling alien voice. Instant chills from me. Mm -hmm. Nope. I don't like that. Oh, my. Oh, my. 
She said, like it was coming through a radio or something. My phone at the time was a Nokia brick, so I knew it wasn't that. And I couldn't find anything else in the room to create that noise. Also, whenever I lifted my head off the pillow, it stopped. Every night I passed out on the futon and maybe around 3 a.m. woke up to this voice. 3 a.m. That is like the witching hour. It's witching hour. I hate that. It is. Oh, no. What is it? Oh, my gosh. Kill it. (laughs) I hope. I mean, let's figure out what it is first and then, you know. No, no, no. No. But if it's happening. This podcast, we shoot first and ask questions later. (laughs) Always. Always. She said, um, boop, 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 boop. It started to really freak me out. My brain started going straight to all the paranormal and horror movie scenarios I could conjure up. And I started to be able to sleep. I told my friend about this, but she just laughed it off saying I was too drunk or whatever. Well, I talked to my mom and got to come home on good behavior. That week, I got a phone call from my friend saying she heard it too. What? (gasps) What? I was thinking to myself, maybe she had like braces and was getting broadcast. But that okay, that is a thing. And that can actually happen. Yeah. You know, like I like you see it in movies and stuff all the time, but they've like I think Mythbusters did like an episode on it. And they found out that on rare occasions, braces can actually pick up radio signals. Mine have not done that yet, and I'm very disappointed. (laughs) I feel like I'm not getting I feel like I'm not getting my money's worth. <laughs> See, mine did it back in high school, but it was only just the uh, the Mexican channel, and I didn't understand any of it. So. <laughs> and your head's okay. magnetic, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> so she said, uh, so we investigated and tore that room to shreds. Well, guess what? It was a dang Furby under the blanket <laughs> under the futon. That's more evil. Kill it. Dude, that is worse Kill than it. aliens. <laughs> I would have rather found aliens. I would have rather found aliens, absolutely. So she said its batteries were dying, so it sounded like it too was dying. That's why you could only hear it if your head was against the futon. I will never look at Furby the same way again. So creepy. Drown it. Just drown it. Put it down with its misery. I have a special history with Furbies, so I appreciate that story. Everybody remembers what a dying Furby sounds like. Oh, absolutely. That haunting thing. Yeah, it sears itself into your memory. You do not forget that. I actually saw a TikTok today about, like, Furbies that could, like, have a glitch, like, out of the box, like, brand new. Mm -hmm. Like, certain Furbies, like, would come with a glitch out of the box, and they would just kind of get stuck and sound like they're dying, even with brand new batteries. And I was like, I hate everything about that. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the only Furby that's ever going to go for money, because that is value right there. It's that true. is a nightmare it's in a box. It's a nightmare in a box. <laughs> like a landfill full of ET. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have one too. Thank you, Amber, so, so much Thank for you, sharing. Amber. Thank we you always so appreciate much when you write in. You have been so amazing through this entire uh, uh adventure Endeavor. so since you yeah. hopped on with us and stuff. so thank you so much for sending in all of your uh your support and stuff and we cannot wait to see where you guys end up next mm-hmm. uh so but now we're gonna move on to uh let's see to olivia and let's see i'm gonna edit a little bit here she gave me some awesome backstory hello girl you're from savannah georgia she's 30 hey yeah so am i hey oh uh, she's two club Awesome. Uh, let's see. And she, she has a five foot tall statue of Bigfoot in her backyard that she bought with when the pandemic started. Oh, Image I included. It's that. awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, that is cool. 
Let's see. I'll show you guys here. If I can. Oh, can I share my screen on this? I don't know if I can. Well, it's in our email, um, but it's awesome. <laughs> and it's just almost as tall as she is. Oh my gosh. That's adorable. Um, that is so, stimulus money uh, well spent. That is, that is absolutely yeah. stimulus money that's well spent. That's what the government had intended. Right? That's exactly <laughs> what we had. Exactly. <laughs> <Way to> stimulate. <laughs> so, uh, of course, Bigfoot and Sasquatch are her favorite cryptid. Uh, but then I have my silly old lady side, which uh, in which I collect teacups and well, I, as well as I sell Avon. So when your red belly and skin is feeling dry, you've got to use moisturizer. <laughs> I love it. That's very cute. <laughs> that's so clever. I love that. She writes, I did want to tell you about a cryptid that you might not have heard about, which is called the Boo Hag. One of our friends from South Carolina told us about the Boo Hag, and I believe it is supposed to be a witch-like creature that steals skin to wear. It slips into your house through a small crack and sits on your chest while you sleep and gets its energy by stealing your breath. So when you wake up and you're still tired because mm. the Boo Hag was stealing your breath, something to look up that may be an interesting episode. Sounds a lot like sleep paralysis. It sounds like have sleep paralysis demons, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, oh my gosh, they just, oh, oh, it's so creepy. Okay. But also, uh, it sounds like a great way to sell skincare is it just does. don't be it a boo hag. Joel, <laughs> have you ever had sleep paralysis? No. No, no you I haven't. Don't. What about you, Ian? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You I had it okay. quite a few yeah. So, like, Tess and I have talked about it, and we've never experienced it. So, like, can you give us a little insight as to what it's like from a first-person point of view? Yeah, absolutely. The first time it happens is obviously the one where you're like, you don't know what it is. And mm-hmm. especially if you have it, I guess if you have it a few times in close succession to that, it's it's very, very jarring. And like it right. can really mess with your head quite a bit. Um, but the, the first time I had it, it felt like I was having a dream that um, somebody had come into the room and like had woken me up and then had like sat down on my chest. No, I and, don't like that. Uh, it's just like basically it's like a dream you know when you're trying to run away and you can't run away right it's that you can't breathe you're trying to breathe but your lungs won't breathe and so your brain which is awake uh kicks in and goes you can't breathe freak out and you start freaking out but you can't move because you're paralyzed from you know being in the rem stage of sleep right so Mm uh you're you can't move either and uh the very first time i had it i had the the hallucinization on top of it where there was uh like an entity with me and it was like staring into my soul like above me (laughs) as i was exiting the uh the um the what the psychosis whatever you want to call it yeah and it does eventually break and you you know you break out of it and it's horrifying and you're sweaty and shivering and terrible (laughs) um but uh i really the first time i had and and then i um i had actually heard of them before through like copy pastas and things like that so Mm -hmm. i kind of knew what it was after it happened but i had to go talk to a friend who was a medical professional to really get a grasp on why it was happening and what was going on cause them and it obviously it's stress uh you know if you're living yeah. in a stressful situation that's what causes it gotcha. and um anytime i start having stress at work it becomes you know too much sure enough i will start having uh episodes of sleep paralysis and the interesting thing is is that there is absolutely a posture trigger to it if i'm right. not in a specific posture which is you know flat on my back with my hands by my side i can't i won't get it I've never okay. had it in any other posture than sitting usually on a couch or in a chair uh, or, you know, just light down maybe 30 mm-hmm. minutes ago on a bed to nap. Um, but 
if I'm in a bed sprawled out or, you know, on my stomach, it's, it won't happen. So something um, about, I've heard like it's a compression on like the nerve in your back and like the lower back and stuff. If you're like sitting a certain way and then it's like, you basically have to like, it's like a cramp in your hand and your body has uh to just let go of the cramp, but it's just in your back and it's on a place where you shouldn't be cramping. Interesting. (laughs) Well, now, um, my, uh, now while I haven't personally experienced it, my coworker experienced it and it was, I only really knew about sleep paralysis because like the week before I'd been talking about it with Sammy. And so he came to work like white as a sheet and he was talking about how uh, he sleeps with a CPAP machine. Mm-hmm. And he was ah. saying that he, he, you know, got that sensation of he couldn't breathe. And like to him, he felt like the entity that was in the room was like holding the CPAP machine's hose shut. Yeah. Oh, my oh God. No. So, yeah. He was just <gasps> absolutely freaked yeah. out by that. Oh and yeah, had no. felt the pressure oh in his God. chest and thought that that was like, oh, my gosh, I'm having a heart attack because of this. Oh, my God. So, oh, my God. So, oh, my gosh. Well, now. I, Oh my gosh. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just really glad. Like I had been talking with Sammy about it. So I knew like when he described it to him, I was like, that sounds exactly a hundred percent like sleep paralysis. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, now that we're all nice and freaked out, uh, there's another half to Olivia's email (laughs) here. Sorry to to interrupt your story, Olivia. We'll get back to it. She says, I do also want to share with you guys a paranormal experience that I'm hoping doesn't make Sammy throw up. So keep it together, Sammy. I will will try to contain myself. I know. (laughs) (laughs) About six years ago. Stop it. Sorry. (laughs) Six years ago. I was living with my parents in their house in Florida while my husband, who had just gotten out of the Marine Corps, was working at uh, a job as a contractor in an aviation here in Savannah. Once it was, uh, since it was a contract job, job and not a direct position, we didn't want to move all of our stuff from Florida, where we were before he took his job and where our family also lived, just in case uh, the job didn't keep him. So we would get offered a direct, you know, until we could get a more stable position. I stayed in Florida at my parents' house. Anyways, one night I woke up in my room and saw three shadow figures standing in a row and near the end of my bed with one in the middle being slightly taller than the other two. Uh, prior to this, I had never seen a ghost nor a shadow figure. Whenever I would hear stories about shadow people, I always imagined flat two-dimensional shadow like you would see on a wall or something. But this mm-hmm. was solid and like three or four-dimensional. Mm. They used the uh, they looked just like th- a see-through body but made up of a shadow. Ooh, that's creepy. Woo! I, yeah, I'm Woo-hoo! gonna throw up. <laughs> oh God, I, I said keep it together. Not in my house. <laughs> there's more, but wait, there's more. Thank God. Feeling uneasy about what i was seeing i pulled my sheet over my head so but i could still see the dark shapes through my sheet i pulled Mm. the covers back off of me and thought my eyes must be playing tricks on me i figured it was uh i figured it was that there uh had had some pressure on my eyes while i was sleeping or i figured that there had been some pressure on my eyes while i was sleeping Mm -hmm. so i was sort of seeing floaters or something for some reason i then leaned forward in my bed and stretched my arm toward the figures and moved my hand side to side as if trying to fan smoke away you tried to touch it no why Why would you do that olivia (laughs) just Just as I pulled my hand back, I noticed the figures were still standing there. The larger one in the middle mimics me and stretches its arm toward me and oh. moves its arm side to side just as I had done. Oh, what? God, now I'm going to no. throw up. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was enough for me. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I got out of bed, went to my mom's room and crawled into bed with her because I was so freaked out. Mind you, I am not a kid at the time. I was 24 and so scared that I went to bed with my mommy. Since then, I haven't seen any more ghosts or shadow figures, but whatever they are, I have prayed to telling God I don't care if they're real. I just don't ever want to see them again. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to uh, to email us, Olivia. And Thank you I so, so, so much for listening. I loved and hated that at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Ditto. Was, Ditto. Uh, if like, if that had happened to me, I would have thrown up. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. I think, I think going and sleeping in your mom's bed is an absolutely appropriate response. Yes. To that yeah. It sure absolutely. is. hundred percent. There's no other response to, to, uh, to do there. I mean, there's just, I, I would need my mommy. There's no, you need an adultier adult to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> there's is no adultier adult than mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about our topics and then Yay! we'll have some more listener stories at the end yeah anniversary episode <laughs> special <laughs> so like what? since you don't have the penny for your thoughts Oh well, so we're we're both talking about the same topic. Oh, okay. So we don't need the penny for our thoughts today. Gotcha. Dollar dollar decided, bills, y'all. Yeah, because we decided to uh, collaborate. <laughs> upgraded from pennies to dollar bills. Dollar dollar bills. <laughs> we upgraded. So for inf- due to inflation, we have upgraded from the penny to f- for your thoughts to the Sacagawea dollar for your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a silver dollar somewhere. Hell, I might even so actually have a Sacagawea dollar. Stimmy. I got the Sacagawea <laughs> dollar out of a toll booth on the way home. So on oh, this yeah. road trip, there was like, like none of the states except Kansas had toll roads. All the rest of the states what? I drove through, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Iowa and South Dakota, none of those states had toll roads. Kansas did, and they had a lot of them. Was it worth it? Were the roads better in Kansas? Were they using their money wisely? No, or they is were it just exactly the same as any other road. It was just like, hey, now there's a toll. That's like their only state income, though. Probably. But either way, yeah. so it's like I got like two like gold dollar coins from the toll booths nice. in Kansas. Nice. nice. So. You're rolling in it. Yeah. <laughs> rolling deep. I figured I kept them just in case I needed them for another toll. Because every time that I, every time I took an exit to like go get gas or something like that, I had to pay a toll, and then I had to get the oh ticket when I got back on the interstate. It was so wow. dumb. So then you flip them a coin and be like, "Keep the change, keep, keep the, the change." change. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and the toll was always oh, like some man. arbitrary number. It was like. Okay, if you get yeah. off at this exit, it's like five dollars and sixty-seven cents, and it's like, thanks. <laughs> Let me just Wait. search my car cushions. Right? It was so exactly. dumb. Exactly. Oh my but. gosh, that is dumb. Well, at least you know, travel be travel, right? Travel. Right. At be least tra- you got safely. It's not. It's not about the destination. It's the journey that gets you there. <laughs> And the destination. I feel like it's and about the destination. Both. <laughs> That's true. Oh, what the heck? What are you going to do when you get there? You're just like, I don't know what I didn't plan. I just got here. Oh, no. We I had just plans when I got here. So, you know. <laughs> but. I'm just talking about in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. 
<laughs> anyway, so welcome back to the uh, you know the conspiracies and cryptids with Sammy and Tessa. It's our where we talk uh, about conspiracies and cryptids like half the time, and the other half we're just rambling about nothing. <laughs> you know, parking tickets and, and gosh, what else have we talked about? All kinds of what like pool noodles and and. Yeah. I think we've talked about pool noodles. We've talked about oh, dumb, lots of dumb stuff. Lots, lots. We get on and thank a lot you so of tangents. With us. <laughs> no kidding. I don't know if I would have stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when Tessa and I decided, like, we're discussing what to cover for this, you know, like finale episode, uh, we realized that we never really talked about one of the most well-known conspiracies slash cryptids. So, and that's the the secret government men who are allegedly seen around UFO sightings, and their purpose is usually to suppress information from getting out. So, we're talking, of course, about the Men in Black, not the movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, not the movies. And I don't want to say too much before I get sued, but uh, <laughs> using too much of their song. Did, these stories did inspire the movies. Yes. And yes, I personally I was... believe that the movies were made to throw people off course so that when you Google Men in Black, you find all sorts of stuff about the movies and not the actual Men in Black. Ooh. That's that's my Frozen conspiracy. kind of thing going on. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> See, a Disney's Frozen kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yep. You look up Fro- like Disney's Frozen and instead of finding information about his obviously frozen head <laughs> buried underneath <laughs> Disneyland under the Matterhorn. Instead of Clearly. that, you find Elsa and let it go. Oh, it's and a conspiracy. It's, that's a clear message. message. Yeah, exactly. That's a clear message. It it's mock yeah. stuff right there. Yes. Hey, I'm going to look at this. Yeah, you should probably just let it go, huh? Let it go. <laughs> yeah. It, they knew what they let were doing. Go. And I think so did the U.S. government when they hired Will Smith to play in Men in Black. They were like, hey, we don't want people to Google this anymore, so we're going to make a movie about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Little did they know, people would just try to Google how to get the weird memory flashy thing. Right. Yeah. The neuralizer. Yeah. yeah the neuralizer. Which, Thank you. I wouldn't doubt that exists too. As somebody yeah. who works okay. for the government, I would not be surprised that that actually exists. Neuralize me, cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first documented sighting of the Men in Black was from a man named Harold Dahl near Maury Island, which is located in the Puget Sound in Washington State. And I had to be careful not to say the pungent sound. They're very pungent similar sound. words. Um, so on the night of t- June 21st, 1947, Harold Dahl was on a con- like conver- conservation mission, gathering logs with his son Charles and the family dog. When they saw gotta save six- the logs. Yeah, got- gotta save those logs. They were probably gathering them for, like, beavers or something. I don't know. I couldn't find any specifics. It was just a conservation mission. Um, So they saw six donut-shaped objects pass through the sky above them. And according to Dahl, one of the crafts fell nearly 1,500 feet and dumped a white lava or metal-like substance onto the boat. Oh. Yeah. Which, and it... The stuff, like the debris, broke his son Charles's arm and killed the dog. Oh, oh, yeah. oh the poor dog. The poor puppy. No. Now, okay. I, oh couldn't, I couldn't find out whether, like, the ship just, like, unloaded a bunch of crap or if the ship crashed. Maybe are we the galaxy's dumpster? 
Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. We treat our own planet like a dumpster. So I I wouldn't be surprised if other planets treat our planet like a dumpster too. <laughs> They're just like they treat it like that. Just sure. And where yep. did they, where did they think we learned it? We learned the it from them or did they learn it from us? We're just the galaxy's dump. So Who's we're, chicken we're the, here? we're the, you know, we're the rats scurrying around the dump, I guess. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, Make I couldn't find out if this was like the crash or the ship crash landed and the crash caused the debris or if the ship just flew over, like came down like to a lower altitude and then dumped a bunch of debris on top of them. Either way, like, debris like, fell on them. Yeah. Like, Either way, debris really- fell on them. Yeah. It broke Charles's arm and it killed the dog. Goodness. So, um, Harold managed to take a few photos and report the incident to his supervisor, Fred Chrisman. Chrisman was obviously skeptical because I feel like anybody would be healthily skeptical when you hear that sort of thing. And plus, he probably also didn't want to have to file an accident report. Um, so he was obviously skeptical and then decided to go see for himself. And he also saw a few of the strange objects in the sky. Oh, so, oh. yeah, the morning after the incident, Dahl claims to have been approached by either one or two men in a dark or in dark suits, which I couldn't find if it was one or two. It was different sources said different things, but it was either one or two of them. And in detail, this man or men in dark suits recounted exactly what Dahl had witnessed the night before and said what I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe. He also warned Dahl not to speak of what he had seen or there would be repercussions. They even fogged up the images and photos that Dahl had of the crash. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. Um, so basically he like they took Dahl out to lunch from every like account that I could read. They took him out to lunch and basically sat him down and <clears throat> said this is what you saw last night isn't it and like laid it out in detail everything that he had seen and he goes yeah why and they're like well that proves that we know more about this than you do because we weren't even there and we saw it so and then they said yeah what do i win and they're like uh nothing your memory (laughs) wins get stabbed (laughs) (laughs) you win secrecy or we'll kill your family (laughs) i'd almost prefer being neuralized at that point right right just neuralize me at that point i don't want to have to keep that secret um so the fbi then proceeded to investigate the case because they did in fact like talk to some like reporter about it um like an investigative journalist who the investigative journalist reported it to the fbi so the fbi came out and investigated the case and concluded that chrisman and doll's sightings were a hoax Uh, In their files, they even noted that Dahl had stated if questioned by the authorities, he was going to say it was a hoax because he didn't want any more trouble over it. Wow. Yeah. So, and these FBI agents, on their way back to wherever they had come from, their plane crashed and they both died. (gasps) Oh, well. Yeah. Hmm. And these weren't the men in black. These were like the FBI agents that like came out to investigate the X-File. You know, yeah. Mulder and Scully came out to investigate and died on the way back. <laughs> Jeez, not yeah. even Mulder and Scully could survive this. Jeez. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. But, Can yeah. you imagine experiencing something that's like so completely like altering of the way you understand this planet? And mm-hmm. then you have to get to a point where you're like, it's a hoax. Please stop asking me about it. Just it stop didn't asking happen. me. Yeah. I don't want my family oh to my get God. hurt. It's, I just yeah. made it up. 
so oh it's like self gaslighting in a way or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah it is. It is kind of self gaslighting. It's like you know that it happened. They acknowledged that it happened, and they said, "We know that you know that it happened." But you're not if you ever talk about it or dig into it more, we'll hurt you and your family. So it's like I, what happened? I didn't see anything. Uh, yeah, what boat? What son? I don't have a son. <laughs> what dog? His arm's my broken. my what? son fell down the stairs. He's my dog went to go live on a farm. <laughs> my son tripped over the dog and went to live on a farm. Yeah, right? It's fine. <laughs> But anyway, oh, so that man. is that is the first story, like on record of the Men in Black. Of the so, Men in Black. Boy, what a first story, Ooh. right? Holy cow. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, I've got a couple of more that are going to kind of blow your mind even even further. In fact, okay. one of them. Well, there's two, and one of them has kind of some mentions that I thought were kind of worth exploring a little bit. I kind of learned a little okay. more than I expected this morning, and then of course I'm going to get down toward the bottom. And sure enough, on our last episode, I find something else to research. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I couldn't find a date for when this exactly happened, but another well-known encounter with the Men in Black was with a name with a man named Doctor Herbert Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Hopkins was working as a consultant on a UFO case in Maine when he received a phone call from someone claiming to be another believer asking if he could visit Hopkins to discuss the case. If that wasn't weird enough, he showed up at Hopkins' door immediately, like minutes later. So he oh was just God. like, hey, can I come over? 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 Hey, ding dong. Ding dong. Look outside. <laughs> So he was wearing a black suit and tie uh, with unusual mm. facial features. He had no hair or eyebrows and he was extremely pale. And of course, Hopkins' dog was just like going berserk. Right. So, you know, probably, a, you know, an unusual <laughs> character to be sure. These aren't yeah. no necessarily unusual features of someone who was on, on the street. This happens. My dog goes right. berserk no matter what you look like. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But after some questioning, Hopkins says the man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket which was correct. He asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny. penny. Ooh, the penny for our thoughts. Ah. We've come full circle. (laughs) Put it in the palm of his his hand. And after a few moments, the coin took on kind of a silvery appearance Mm -hmm. and then appeared to be going out of focus. And then it began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. Excuse me? So he can do magic tricks too. <laughs> Nothing up my uh, sleeve. <laughs> David Blaine. <laughs> David Blaine is my favorite cryptid. Jesus, Jesus, that's a great classic YouTube. Uh, so then, uh, then it began to uh, fade and disappear. The MIB uh, informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen, quote, on this plane again. Oh. And they were not on a plane, guys. They were on the ground. They're so talking they about like banished it to the shadow realm. To the shadow realm, exactly. Or, or to the fifth dimension. Upside down. So then he inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with the alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill, which we will come back to in a little bit. Oh, well, we talked about that, them before. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but was under the impression that he had died in the not in the not too distant past. Uh, the mm-hmm. MIB informed Hopkins that that was correct and. He said, the MIB said, Barney didn't have a heart, 
just like you no longer have a coin. What? That is not a veiled threat. That is a that fully is... out in the open threat. <laughs> <laughs> that is that uh, is although... just that is just a threat. There is no veil just, on there. There is no veil. <laughs> no. Uh, it should, though, be noted that M- Barney actually died of a cerebral hem- hemorrhage if one chooses to believe such things. Mm-hmm. A so, likely story. Could be a, a heart likely attack, story. You know, a likely, a, yes, exactly. I mean, I the feel MIB, like your brain might hemorrhage if your heart goes missing. You know, <laughs> I mean, you would think so. The MIB then gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material he had related to that UFO case. Uh, Hopkins then exactly gently suggested that he destroy it. Point, he held him at like magic point, magic coin in your pocket point, (laughs) magic gun point. (laughs) No one else got two of. You know what I can make disappear. (laughs) I made this guy's heart disappear. Now, if you wouldn't mind, could you, you know, please, maybe? <laughs> that brings a please. whole new meaning to, like, he stole his heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Hopkins, spooked by the encounter, followed the advice and burned all the files. And while he had some repeated phone troubles after that, uh, the phone company said his line, his line had been tampered with. Mm. So it was a tap for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but he did. he never saw the man again. Um, so like I said, though, I couldn't find a date or any like other telling of this story, uh, on like any reputable sites, which, you know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about this podcast, what exactly is reputable? Um, right, yeah. so we're just having fun here. <laughs> uh, in fact, I, uh, I couldn't even find a ufologist by the name of Dr. Herbert Hopkins. However, Hopkins does seem to be a popular name among abductees. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a famous Hopkins, uh, being, Elliot Bud Hopkins, who actually died back in 2011, he's best known for popularizing the idea of alien abductions as genetic experimentation through his books. Okay. Uh, originally, he was an artist. Uh, Bud Hopkins was born and raised in West Virginia in 1931 before going to Oberlin, Ohio for art history in, in 1953. What's with the artists? It's always the artists and the abstract stuff that ends up being... But like, also, of course he's from West Virginia. Right. I guarantee the- he probably also has a Mothman sighting under his belt. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he basically starts he starts talking to people about like missing time and stuff because he, he went on to new york city where he been, met a bunch of other abstract uh expressionist artists mm-hmm. and stuff so then he got really wild right. um after he uh published his book though and miss um, it's called missing time in 1981 his ufo research like started to like take over his art it was like mm-hmm. this gap really started to widen then he just only wrote books about ufology and everything Mm -hmm, and and mm -hmm. and actually although he kind of had a like an interesting kind of skepticism about it at first uh allegedly he was aware enough in 1938 having been born in what what did i say 31 yeah Mm -hmm. uh so he's like only about seven years old to experience orson wells war the world's original broadcast which i I know, which, of course, I've heard people both believed and ignored at the time. Some people say, like, oh, yeah, I believed it. And other people were like, no, it was very obvious this was a teleplay. Like, I there's also a conspiracy out there that I recently heard about that, like, it was a cover up that it was fake. Ah, because of the Battle of Los Angeles. (laughs) I, I heard like a conspiracy theory that was like, you know, hey, this whole Orson Welles, like, you know, radio drama it wasn't a radio drama. It's a cover up that it actually Ooh. happened, but everybody just said, no, 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 it was just a radio drama, but it actually was something that happened. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we were like missing a city somewhere. We just don't know where. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, um, but apparently, though, it left Hopkins, who would have been seven at the time, with some pretty severe psychological scars. But it says it only added to his original skepticism about UFOs, which I don't fully understand with him. But eventually, once he got to... uh, to university, it just like totally what like he got more people that were like, oh yeah, totally UFOs are real. And he's like, right. oh really? He and just kind of jumped off the clip. Down with him. Yeah, exactly. His his interest in UFOs uh, was brought up again almost thirty years later in the nineteen sixties when he and two other reported uh, two others reported experiencing a daytime sighting of a UFO in the form of uh, a darkish elliptical object near Cape Cod. Uh, the government didn't respond to check it out and he assumed they were covering something up. So that's when he started collecting other people's stories and learning about people who claimed to have experienced contact with these extraterrestrial beings. So mm-hmm. basically the cops okay. didn't show up once and he's like, oh, you guys are hiding something. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to try to get down to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Um there was, but like I said, like we mentioned, there was a uh, Mr. Barney and his wife Betty Hill. That's mm-hmm. rem- yep. reminiscent of the podcast. I'll touch briefly again on them. The Hills were a couple from Newport News, Virginia, who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of the state in New Hampshire on the, the 19th and 20th of uh, September in 1961. This encounter is considered the first widely publicized report of an alien abduction in the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, that became known as the Zeta Reticuli incident because she basically yep. got a map for it. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, if I want to know more about that, I don't know how to explain it. I, you know, I, I tried to look more into the Zeta Reticuli uh, incident and uh, the map and everything and the whole. And I just felt like, you know, Tomb Raider, you know, bent elbows and high knees just running into <laughs> ivy walls. I don't know <laughs> what I'm reading. <laughs> But I'm moving forward. <laughs> Let me see if you keep you keep going and I'll see if I can't find out what episode it is that we talked about that. And but. then you guys can go back and check it out because uh, but yeah, it's uh, we definitely covered it. Uh, but she describes it, though, as a map of consisting 12 prominent stars connected by lines of three lesser ones that formed a distinctive triangle. And she said it, uh, that she was told by her abductors that uh, it was that the solid lines formed trade routes and dash mm-hmm. lines were like the less traveled stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Barney was hypnotized a couple of times and, you know, he's kind of where we get some, a little bit more of our kind of more modern depictions of um, aliens that they have like, you know, big eyes right. that are really interesting and stuff like that. The yeah. that they just touched, you know, that's where we get the butt stuff, you know, the, um, that he said that their <laughs> eyes were like pressing against his eyes and, very very weird um uh so but then this was so i got down to there's two more little sightings here uh this one was interesting doctor yeah go ahead oh sorry i I found the episode it was episode 53 which was dokevi dance club and troubles for the rebels so Ah. that is that is the episode that we talked about barney and betty hill so just not that long ago like less than 10 episodes ago so you can easily so perfect. find so that so run back and listen to that one because that's a, that's another good one uh where we cover that um in a little bit greater detail but mm-hmm. uh our another sighting that we also uh, wanted to cover was dr albert k bender who was a well-written researcher who founded the international flying saucer bureau mm-hmm. uh so you know he's gonna get a visit from the mib i mean he's up to no <laughs> right <good>. uh, <laughs> 
Apparently in 1955, he was getting ready to publish a big scoop in the Space Review, exposing the government for trying to cover up UFO research, when all of a sudden he just dropped everything. Rumor has it he was visited at home by the men in black who urged him against pursuing UFOs any further, but the encounter left him so scared for his life, and his later works were so rambly, almost unreadable, and he appeared to pretty much live in constant fear, and he ended up dying in 2002. Oh my god, they probably threatened to steal his heart. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, gosh. You got any coins in your pocket? We don't carry coins anymore. So this last one, I'm gonna, Sammy, I'm gonna send you a picture real quick to check out. Okay. This was the one that I was like, oh my gosh. Of course, now I find something that I could have. Uh, let's see. Maybe this will work. Um, that I probably could have done a little bit more research on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this picture. Of this little girl holding this flower, this bouquet of flowers. You see this? Hang on. Did you send it through Facebook? Yes, I did. Okay. It hasn't come through yet. Give give me a second. Okay. Oops. I sent it to my mom. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to explain that. Right, like, what is this? Yep, here she comes. So, yes, I have seen this picture before. Okay, so this is the oh, Soloway oh, first yes, Earth yeah. space photo. In 1967, fireman Jim Templeton took a picture of his daughter holding a bouquet of flowers in a field, uh, only to spot someone who appears to be wearing what looks like a beekeeping suit or a mm-hmm. space suit mm-hmm. over her head in the background. The problem is that Mr. Jim Templeton says no one else was around when the photo was taken. So, like, who is this person? Uh, Templeton was allegedly later approached by two government agents who referred to themselves as number nine and number ten, or in other reports as, uh, like, on numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. They wanted to uh, know more about the event, but Templeton wouldn't give them much. Uh, he said he didn't see the figure personally. And apparently the pair got extremely upset and just stormed off, never to be seen again. Uh, hmm. But there are apparently explanations for this photo. Uh, one of them being that it could be the photographer's wife, whose back is to the camera, and the blue dress appears to be white due to overexposure. Which, okay. could, you know, I could see that sure. being like a shawl. And like the back yeah. of her, her, her like bonnet, you know, or like her, if she's wearing a hat of some kind and stuff, right. I could definitely see that. Um, but I thought that was kind of neat and uh, worth maybe a little bit more digging and stuff. But that's a little bit more about some of the other encounters about the men in black and stuff. People mm-hmm. typically seeing things that were like, was that what I think it was? And then people showing right. up going, yes, it was. And don't think about it anymore. Right. <laughs> or your heart will go missing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or just, You don't need a neuralizer oof. if you can just threaten people to make their heart vanish. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't need it. And uh, but I mean, I imagine that technology has gotten better since then. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, like I saw that you know, like throughout my research, I saw that the Men in Black just they pop up here and there, but not like in super detail. Like apparently, even like the Mothman Chronicles have some Men in Black references or appearances in them. So it's just they pop up all over the place. Anytime there's something that is a little unexplained, they come up to tell you if you look into this we're going to make your heart disappear so you know that's just that's just their shtick they are the men in black and they're gonna steal your heart like (laughs) (laughs) just rolls off the tongue i don't think there's a reason i don't think or write music that's his job he writes the the uh the the jingles and the Mm -hmm. the intros exactly 
But, so that's okay, all I've so, got for Men in Black. So take yeah, another break. So let's take another break and we'll come back and finish this out with our last couple of listener stories. Excellent. Are we not going to cover Dan Aykroyd? No, we're not going to cover Dan Aykroyd. Because <laughs> he had an experience with the Men in Black. Wait, did he really? Dan Aykroyd had an experience with the Men in Black. Are you I... familiar with this enough to talk about it right now? Let me look it up real quick. <laughs> but I was I was doing some research for this and Dan Aykroyd had an experience with the Men in Black. Oh my God. I had no, I was like, no, we're not going to talk about Dan Aykroyd. But apparently he saw the Men in Black. Yeah, like... I just figured you were making like a ghost. No, 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 like for real. Like, okay, so the <laughs> fact that he, it was of all people, Dan Aykroyd, uh, I, I think that's hilarious, but uh, let's see. Okay, so apparently we've got a celebrity encounter with Men in Black that yeah, I somehow did not come across in my I research. I didn't either. So here we are just like sitting in a break, figuring out what to talk about next, and Joel's just like, are we going to talk about Dan Aykroyd? And I was like, no, we're not going to talk about Dan Aykroyd and the Ghostbusters. And like, Joel's come like, on, Joel. Seriously. <laughs> and Joel's like, no, no, no. Dan Aykroyd like, saw the men in black. So I was, I was just sitting here with bated breath waiting for you guys to bring up <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. But, so, yeah. Okay. So apparently this is the latest sighting of the men in black. Okay. And it was in 2002. Uh, Dan Aykroyd was trying to sell a series that he was working on to the sci-fi uh, sci-fi channel. Okay. And it was called Out There. And it was basically a show about UFO sightings and, you know, crop circles, lizard people, that type of stuff. Right, right. And the producers and, well, like, the, the sci-fi channel was very interested. In, As they would be. Yeah in, yeah, in getting this show. And so... They're in the process of doing interviews with people for the show because they're already filming. And during one of the breaks, Aykroyd stepped outside and he saw a black Ford sedan with a man in a black suit just sitting there staring at him. And he said that he gave him a dirty look and then just like drove off, like floored it, peeled out, drove off. And so... Not oh. a couple hours after the interviews ended, the sci-fi channel executives called him and said, sorry, we're canceling the show. We're not going to be doing anything with this. And don't try to sell it to anybody else. Oh, God. Oh, so it had already been greenlit and was in production and they shut it down. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Nothing wow. ended up airing for out there. And none of the footage is available. All of it just got completely shut down. And that was right after he had a sighting of a man in a black suit. Now, hear me out. What Uh if, what if the person in the car who stopped everything was Harold Ramis? And that's why Dan Aykroyd could disguise himself so we could punch him in the face in a New York subway last year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forgot about it was payback that. that's who punched harold ramus in the face oh my god <laughs> it's just a conspiracy that's why we have a podcast yes, it is <laughs> well, yeah wow that is insane that was, that oh was better god. than anything that we found in Apple <laughs> like i mean jeez <laughs> that that you know really space mean. men in pictures who could be women in, in blue dresses and you've got uh-huh. like you know men in black halting productions in 2002 Interesting. I love it. That's awesome. See, my That's my theory though is, had it been a ghost haunting him about this, it would have been no problem. Oh yeah, because he ain't afraid of no oh, ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also makes him feel good. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, all right. yes. Oh, yes. So let's get into these listener stories. I've got one from Kat, or Cam, sorry, Cam. Uh, they say, greetings, this is Cam, and this is a short sighting of the Black Panther. But uh, between the years of 2011 or 2012, I'm not sure about the exact date, my mom looked out the kitchen window, and then in parentheses, we live in the middle of nowhere in northwestern Pennsylvania. She said, along the edge of the woods, she saw a giant black cat-like creature. It was about an acre away. At the time, I just thought that it was maybe a melanistic mountain lion, which is a thing that happens. I didn't think much of it until I read about the Black Panther of Ohio Valley. I hope this helps. So that is something that I have looked into. I just, you know, could never find enough information on it to, like, really talk about it. So that could have ended up, it may someday end up in another cryptid corral. But, yeah, there's there's been a few sightings of a giant black cat in, like, the Ohio, Pennsylvania area, where obviously there would not be a panther but yeah, some some people think that it might just be a like a puma with like a you know a, like a severe oh. melanin production that makes it look yeah. black. I want Interesting. To, I mean, I want to pet it too. I want to pet the big I kitty. Want to pet it. <laughs> Give it snacks. Shake, 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 shake the street bag. Here it comes. Careful, you make those sounds too much, and Joel's cat here is going to go nuts. He is very food motivated. <laughs> Oh man! Well, that was thank you, uh, Cam, for sending that one in. Thank you so much. That's like that was really cool. Oh my gosh, super cool. So I feel like that's just something you see a lot when you're living in those like those parts of the the country that are mm -hmm. highly wooded areas. Like being from Indiana, we always had some new sighting of some new cat. Obviously, you got the bobcats, the real things, but there was always somebody Mm -hmm. who's like, "No, it was way bigger than that, man." Oh yeah, (laughs) it was all white. We've got like, you know, um, mountain lions and and pumas out here in the Dakotas, you know, and they'll pop up from time to time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you'll hear stories about, oh, we we saw a saber toothed tiger come back from the (laughs) extinction. And it's like. I really guarantee you didn't. (laughs) It's kind of like that that irrational fear when you're in a pool Mm -hmm. and you're like, there's a shark in here. But you're like, (laughs) you're in a forest. You're like, there is a saber tooth tiger in here. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there are people in this area that they'll say they've gone out looking for like a woman screaming Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's absolutely like they'll they'll think, oh, my gosh, someone's in trouble. Make it out to their door. And then they'll be like, oh, wait, that's a mountain lion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mountain, mountain, lions, lion, I mean, yeah. mountain lions scream. And it sounds like like a blood curdling woman's scream. It's terrifying. Mountain lions and um, what is it? Peacocks, but like not in the same enclosure. Like, let's put them near each other. But not <laughs> they, both of them when they scream well, sound like women in peril. Raccoons yeah, sound like babies screaming. Oh, and then we've got like barn owls that we've talked about multiple times that it's sound true. like, you know, people screaming. So we got so That's many. I feel like we've just come up with the coolest idea for a zoo. Exactly. Chaos zoo. <laughs> the screaming zoo. You just walk in and just. <laughs> 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 you got axe throwing in the back. You got like, I could be such a party. Such All a party. the activities oh, are like activities that could get you killed. So it's like you never know, you know if it's a person screaming or just one of the animals in the zoo. <laughs> it's a the fun, screaming it's, zoo it's slash a fun, fun zone. 
Love it. I, it's an idea. Follow us. Follow us. It might become a reality. <laughs> We're starting a new Patreon. Help us fund the Screaming Zoo in Fun Zone. <laughs> I scream. Heading zoos are for chumps. I want to go to the school. <laughs> All of our parents just scream their heads off. Just <laughs> all they know. Death metal parents. So oh my got, gosh. You got okay. One more story for us. Right? I do. I have one more for us from uh, Joseph Cochran, who actually sent this back to us from August of last year. Thank you so okay. much for your patience. I have actually been trying to like sneak this one in here somehow for a while because this is actually pretty cool. And there is video evidence that is attached. Uh, so, if Sammy, if you want to open up the uh, email on your phone and stuff, you're definitely going to want to yeah. see this video. Okay. Uh, so while I read this, uh, so Joseph Cochran sends us, so my friends and I, their names are Mike and Austin. I'm Trent. Hi, Trent. Hi, Trent. Uh, we're, so it's not Joseph. Uh, so uh, they were driving in the parkway uh, to North Carolina. They started uh, talking about Lady in White, and it was foggy, so they turned around and stopped freaking themselves out, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, right. So we got to Tanger Outlets in Blowing Rock around 10 p.m. We were just going to turn around and head back the other way so Mike and Austin could head back home and as we were turning around we noticed that all of the little kid rides were running but they were required oh to have quarters in them to operate oh, no. there's only one car in the parking lot and nobody's riding the rides these rides are timed but up. they would be they would stop moving <laughs> get it together <laughs> just that stop. freaks me out i'm sorry like if uh, i was in like an abandoned parking lot and the kid rides are just going why playing is it the, always kid rides it's always too. kid rides and they're like, always playing that like you know calliope music Mm-mm. and it's like this video. i'm not so, uh, the, uh, the videos of this okay that's gonna make me i will literally start puking like right <laughs> here. well then let me finish reading okay so uh after we recorded a couple of videos they weren't grade a videos but you get the point uh they um the second after we the second last sorry the second after the last video we recorded the speakers that were playing music sounded like they were having feedback this feedback turned into a high-pitched raspy scream that was growing mm-hmm. louder as we heard footsteps toward running running footsteps running toward our vehicle i can't even oh, speak no. ah! Oh, I no, was no, absolutely no. freaking out. I floored it out of the parking lot. I asked my friend who works at the Tanger Outlets if they've had any experiences like me. And she said that she was working late one night, heard whispers, and then something touched her on her head. She panicked mm-hmm. and told her coworker. Her coworker said she was imagining things. And right after that, a dish flew across the room and shattered. Oh, they both ran mm-hmm. out and ended their shift right out on the spot after that. Could this be an undiscovered cryptid or of a little girl who's angry or just a spirit? Tell me what you guys, what you think. Uh, thanks for reading this email. It's a long one, I know. So Okay, so my first thought, that's poltergeist activity. Yeah, see, poltergeist <laughs> yeah, totally is. Like kryptonite or cryptid night. I don't know. Cryptid just Right? Cryptid so, Poltergeist always creep They creep me out because it's like, usually spirit activity isn't like that bad. That does not sound like a cryptid. If it's throwing things around and moving things and, and very much physically interacting with the world around it, that's some poltergeist level stuff. And the mm. fact that it's like touching them, touching people. Yeah, right. It's like breaking <laughs> it's like, No, no <laughs> I'm not you. okay with it. All right. So I'm going to look at this video real quick. Yes, look at the video. But yeah, there's no one in the parking lot. All right. Give me a second. It's got to download. Oh, oh all across the entire, like, that's a big like outdoor mall too. Like I would think by the time you right? hit the last one to put a quarter in it, the first one would be done. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like, and there's so, not enough people but, like, there. Guess, and like 
The only other thing I could maybe think of is like, because I used to work at a skating rink and like we had to flick on the games and stuff and everything Mm -hmm. obviously goes through a cycle when you first turn it on is that maybe there's some maintenance crew who just turned everything on for a second and they're just catching that. True. But that still doesn't explain the screaming or the footsteps. (laughs) No, no, it doesn't explain that. But yeah, like I did think maybe like a power surge could have like, you know, made all the rides like, you know, turn on suddenly. And that could definitely yeah. do it, and it would do it all at the same time, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, but they said there's no other cars in the parking it, lot but them. That's yeah. what's so weird. It doesn't explain so the footsteps. It doesn't explain the screams or the footsteps, and it doesn't explain the, the dishes flying across the room. So I don't like any of that. Oh, man. Yeah, that nope, video no. makes me creeped out. Mm-mm. Yeah. But. So thanks for just for buttoning us up with something really freaky there, yeah. uh, Trent. Thank you so much for for sending us that really awesome email, and thank you and to all video. of our listeners. Oh yeah, and the mm-hmm. video too. Thank you to all of our listeners and everybody who has participated and helped us out and been such uh, amazing support over the past three years. And thank you to Sammy for taking over last season while you know I had to take my own break. And uh, um, thank you to Ian for putting up with all of my questions and se- setting up the microphone over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because I refused to listen and how to do it the first re- time correctly. And uh, then taking chords because he needs them for other things and not telling me where they are uh, <laughs> but uh, we, um and thank you to sammy again and thank you to joel for joining us for this one yeah. and i'm no, glad we is... got to finish this one up with a little family real doodad yeah. yeah you know it's been fun like this has been a blast of a three years that we've gotten to do this like i mean this was literally just a random idea i had like i was talking about this with tessa last like after last episode finished And it's like, it was just a random idea I'd had. And I was trying to like come up with who I could do this with. Tessa and I had only met once at this point on our river raft down the Sacramento River where we all got third degree sunburns. And it's like, we never really kept in touch after that because I came up with the idea like eight months later. And we just so happened to be at like a friend's game night. Like she had us over to play board games and, and like a dinner party sort of thing. And as Tessa and I were just like sitting around talking, I was like, I want to do a podcast with this girl. So I just asked her, I was like, do you like conspiracy theories and things like Bigfoot? And she's like, absolutely I do. And I was like, do you want to do a podcast? So so it worked out really well. And it's like, as much as it's kind of, yeah. And it's like, as much as it's kind of like sad to kind of stop for a while, it's like, I know we need a break and, you know, and I know that we need some time to just kind of like, figure out what we want to do. Like, it's not necessarily like this is the end of the podcast forever, you know, but we just, we kind of ran out of direction and we need to figure out what we want to do from this point on. So, and you will see us in more things. Absolutely. And, uh, and And, yeah, definitely stay tuned for more things. And, and 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 we have definitely seen all of your amazingly supportive emails uh, from all of our awesome supportive uh, listeners. Oh my gosh. So great. So great. Um, and like you know, we and said, I do have like a couple other, that. yeah. And I do have a couple other like little cryptids. So I might pop in from time to time and just do like a little one man cryptid corral here and there just to surprise you guys with little episodes every now and then. But, and yeah, like Tessa Heck said, yeah. we'll still be on our social media. So, um, I think we might open the crypt up, you know, to everybody yeah. just as a way to like a fun way to interact with everybody, you know, but, um, but yeah, just thank you so much to every single one of you that's been so supportive 
and really kind of spread us around. We did not think that this was going to get anywhere beyond Sacramento. And no, now we've got no. people all over the world listening to us. And that still blows I, my mind. Oh my gosh. So, so crazy. <laughs> Australia and New Zealand and mm-hmm. gosh, like what China and, Europe, and England and, England, and yeah. Europe. Yes. So thank so you cool. everybody. Um, but yeah, so this is a signing off for now, but don't forget to keep your eyes peeled and your ears open And don't forget, Big Big Brother Brother is watching. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Conspiracies and Cryptids with Sammy and Tessa. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can head over to our website, conspiraciesandcryptids.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us and keep up with what we're up to, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cryptopod, C-R-Y-P-T-I-P-O-D, or email us at conspiraciesandcryptids at gmail.com. Finally, if you're vibing with what we're doing, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a five-star review on iTunes. If you don't feel like writing a long review, just put Big Brother is Watching in the description. And don't forget, Big Big Brother Brother is is watching. Watching.